have friends in high places. The Ascended Masters, saints and sages of East and West, have walked where you walk. They know the trials and challenges you face, and they offer clear and practical tools for overcoming human limitations and guiding you back to the heart of God through your ascension. This is The Open Door. Come along with us as we explore the teachings of the Ascended Masters. Here are the hosts for The Open Door, Ross Brunson and Tom Schumacher. Oh, hello, everyone. Uh, Thanks again for joining us today. You are tuned to The Open Door, the Internet voice of the Summit Lighthouse, where we publish and practice the teachings of the Ascended Masters. I'm Tom Schumacher. And I'm Ross Brunson. Today, our focus is the story of your soul. You know, that's right. And this is a story that we've really been telling since we first began broadcasting this program. You know, in fact, we did a show under this very title almost a year ago. A tempest does indeed. (laughs) You know, perhaps for the sake of clarity, then, we should call this program The Story of Your Soul Part 2. After all, our program content is constantly evolving. Done. Part two it is. So where do we begin? Well, you know, we've called this a story, but in reality, and that's with a capital R, it is our human experience that is more story than the actual reality of the soul. Our human experience is transitory at best. Our soul experience, on the other hand, is potentially immortal and eternal. Well, you remember that on previous occasions, when we've spoken of reincarnation, Mm -hmm. we've likened the physical body to a coat for the soul. Mm -hmm. Yet, while every embodiment we may have is like a new coat for the soul, our soul itself retains a more continuous, constant, and permanent identity. And this is why it is so important that we all understand that our soul's journey back to the heart of God is what we must focus on. Well, once again, assuming, Mm -hmm. of course, that going home to God's heart is where we want to go in the first place. Well, of course, that's right. You know, in all things we do, we exercise free will. But the point we want to make about the soul is this. Our soul is our true identity. It is through our soul consciousness rather than through our human consciousness that we will experience the full awareness of our true nature as God-free beings. Well, and as we've said before, some have likened the soul to a pearl that has been cast into the sea of the material universe. Yeah, right. And the goal of our life is to go after that pearl and recover our true identity. You know, and what an awesome quest this is. Mm-hmm. You know, When you finally choose to awaken to the true nature of your soul and where it wants to go, Mm-hmm. you will discover that you truly have profound worth and a nobility of spirit beyond anything the material world can offer. And I think we can all attest to the fact that we've spent a lot of time creating and refining our outer consciousness. <laughs> oh, you think? <laughs> <laughs> every day. Yeah. Namely, the conditions and the components of our outer and more material world. But how much time have we spent working on our inner worlds, the universe of our soul? You know, hard as it may seem in this moment, you know, we've got to eventually leave that human creation behind all of our outer awareness of mind, memory, and emotions, and search within for the inner awareness of the soul. You know, it may sound difficult if you try to do it all at once, but it is a process. Right. It's the ongoing process of self-mastery. And at the end of this process, this magnificent soul journey towards higher consciousness, we will reunite with our God self through the ritual of the ascension. You know, and and realizing our our full potential in God is a truly glorious transformation. Mm -hmm. You know, time and again, the ascended masters have given us clues and keys for achieving this high and noble purpose. These friends in high places who have gone before us to show the way, and we have said on numerous times, these ascended masters want us to succeed. Well, this is why they've given us so many practical tools, like the violet flame and an understanding of the power of the spoken word. And these are to help us navigate our soul's spiritual journey and find our way home. And along the way, as we've said many times before, we will rediscover the true dimensions of our soul, our true identity. 
And the Ascended Masters not only shed light on what the soul is, but they also help us understand the roles of free will, karma, reincarnation, and navigating the change called death as our soul goes on its homeward path. Yeah, you know, I think we should reemphasize that our soul really is our mm-hmm. true identity. We become so accustomed to our outer reality, our personality, right. our seeming real existence, that we've lost sight of who and what we really are. Well, you may remember Jesus saying, and I'm paraphrasing, the way that seemeth right is the way of reason, which is bound to the laws of human mortality, which is the way of the death of the Christ consciousness. Wow. You know, how many times have you heard us talk about the limitations of human thought and reason? I have truly lost count. <laughs> right. You know, we've tried to make it clear, and perhaps overly abundantly so, but nonetheless, we've tried to make it clear that there is a grand freedom that exists beyond the limitations of human thought and reason, beyond the limits of mere human awareness. Well, Tom, and that is the pearl of our true identity, yeah. our, our soul. But this is not meant to be a criticism of being human. No, heck no. You know, it is through the human earthly schoolroom, after all, that we must travel mm-hmm. in order to graduate into higher realms of consciousness. Well, and it is through this journey that our souls can actually attain immortality. Yeah, you know, because focusing on our soul awareness brings us clarity about our divine mission. Mm, you mean that thing we're somewhat passionate about? Yeah, you know, that usually involves perfecting the talents God has placed within our souls. <laughs> okay, so the story of our soul is the story of awakening to our higher consciousness. Yep. Recognizing that our divine reason for being is here and graduating up to the next level. Yep, that about sums it up, you know, except for a couple of oh, minor details. Oh, <laughs> uh, you mean like going through the change called death? Oh, for one. Yeah. Or the true nature of heaven and hell, karma and reincarnation, uh, the ritual of the ascension. All right, all right, maybe not so minor. <laughs> but just the fact that we're having this conversation says a lot about a new spiritual maturity that is emerging in consciousness all around the world. I love it when we're referred to as mature. <laughs> <laughs> Every now and then it people, works. Yeah, people are, people are simply no longer satisfied accepting this rigid dogma and doctrine without question. They have questions. They yeah. want to know who they really are and why they're here. Right. You know, they want to know where they're going and most importantly, mm. how to get there. Actually, where have we heard these questions before? I don't know. Maybe here (laughs) dozens of times. It doesn't really matter. It's it's finding the answers to these questions that makes deepening our relationship with the Ascended Masters so very important. You know, fact is, they've walked where we walk. And there's literally nothing that we experience that hasn't already been experienced by the Ascended Masters. You know, the journey of their souls is basically the same journey our souls are taking. Right. You know, and I hope that this is as comforting to our listeners as it is to us. Before they ascended, the masters were the same as we are, souls longing to become immortal, housed in limited earthly human bodies. And as far as those minor details you <laughs> mentioned earlier are yeah. concerned, let's leave them for our Q&A session coming up in a few minutes. Good idea. Yeah, in the meantime, here's our friend Terry Kennedy sharing an excerpt from The Story of Your Soul titled Life's Grand Design. Life's Grand Design Each soul is part of a larger scheme. The Creator chooses the precise moment in history for each soul to come to earth to take part in the divine outplaying of the decades and the centuries. This timetable of the conception and birth of every child is part of God's grand design of life, a design so exact that at the moment of conception, the genes in each tiny embryo are already suited to the specific soul who will inhabit it. Consider how wondrously you were made, how God cared for you personally, how your own father-mother God ordained your conception, your parents, your life, your purpose, and your reason for being. But God was not only thinking of you before you were born. 
He was already thinking of whose great-great-grandmother and great-great-grandfather you might be. The plan of the mind of God, that great cosmic computer, is so vast that none of us can even begin to comprehend it. So if you have ever felt like an unwanted child, you can let your soul be healed of that burden. For your father-mother loved you in the beginning, has loved you through your life's trials, and will continue to love you all the way home. As each of us makes this journey, we have a mission to fulfill and a unique identity to manifest. God did not create us out of a cosmic cookie cutter and stamp us out to be exactly like Him. Rather, each one of us has been endowed with a distinct blueprint, which is shared only with our other half, our twin flame. This blueprint is a seed idea from God that urges us to pursue our journey, that pushes us onward and upward, that pushes us to strive. When we are not striving and not working toward lesser and greater goals that lead us to our final destination, our soul is unhappy. That unhappiness may show up as sickness, boredom, or self-deception. It can take the form of moodiness or little irritations and problems with family members or others, things that we don't associate with our soul's dissatisfaction. Yet our soul is impressing upon our outer awareness, you are stifling me, you are not fulfilling the purpose for which I was born, and I will not leave you in comfort. I will make you without comfort until you return to follow the inner plan of life. Our divine plan is waiting for our free will confirmation. If we believe in predestination, we may think we don't have to do anything. It's all going to happen anyway. But in reality, because of the gift of free will, we can choose to implement our divine plan or not. I can remember when all I knew about my divine plan was that I had to do something for God in this life that I had a mission, and I had to find out what it was. And since I didn't know what it was, my mission became finding it out. So each day during my childhood and my schooling, I would try to study and pursue those subjects which, if mastered, would lead me closer to the knowledge of my life's mission. Do you know your mission, your divine plan? One clue is that your mission is often your passion. So you can ask yourself, what are you passionate about? Another clue is that your mission usually involves perfecting the talents that God has placed within your soul. Above and beyond all else, the purpose of life, the answer to why am I here, is to find God in yourself, in your talents, in your calling, and in your service to life. It is to endow everything you do with God's Spirit. Endowing everything with God's Spirit is making His Spirit permanent in you. This is the journey of integration back to the kingdom of your father-mother God. When we return, we'll hear an interview with Elizabeth Clare Prophet entitled The Divine Blueprint. She answers the question, what is your inner self, discusses the soul's ultimate destiny, and more. Don't go away. for a transforming world. Seventh Wave Network. 
These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. On the spiritual quest, our upward journey hinges on four basic questions. Who am I? Why am I here? Where am I going? How do I get there? Who are you? You are a spiritual being, a child of God. And when you recognize this, your whole world changes for the better. No matter where you are or who you're with, the power of this inner knowing will compel you to come up higher. Why are you here? To master your human nature, fulfill your divine purpose, and become one with God. Where are you going? Simply put, you are returning home to the heart of God, where your soul's journey began so very long ago. How do you get there? Follow the Ascended Masters. These great saints and sages of East and West have walked where you walk. They are committed to helping you to find your way home. And their teachings are always practical. Our goal on The Open Door is to keep the spiritual journey as simple and uncomplicated as possible so that all who choose can walk this path with confidence and certainty. The Open Door is live every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern. And we are the Summit Lighthouse, the pathway of your ascension. For more, visit www.tsl.org. Be extraordinary. Seventh Wave Network. are listening to The Open Door, hosted by Ross Brunson and Tom Schumacher. If you have a question or comment about our series, please send your emails to webradio at tsl.org. That's webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to The Open Door. In the following interview, Elizabeth Clare Prophet discusses the soul, the divine ego, and the concept of original bliss. Our interviewer is Doug Kenyon. Where do we begin today? Well, Doug, let's begin at the beginning. Let's visualize the threefold flame expanding from within our heart. The blue plume of the Father and God's power to the left. The yellow plume of the Son and God's wisdom in the center. And the pink plume of the Holy Spirit, God's love to our right. This threefold flame of the Trinity is visualized by the mind's eye, by the soul, and in our devotion then, we are seated comfortably, we visualize the drawing of a magnetic sphere of white light around the flame. It expands as a great sphere of our cosmic consciousness. We visualize ourselves seated in this sphere of white light, and as we are set now in the seat of authority, In the great three-in-one, the throne of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we give the decree of beloved Kuthumi. I am light, glowing light, radiating light, intensified light. God consumes my darkness, transmuting it into light. This day I am a focus of the central sun. Flowing through me is a crystal river, 
A living fountain of light that can never be qualified by human thought and feeling. I am an outpost of the divine. Such darkness as has used me is swallowed up by the mighty river of light which I am. I am, I am, I am light. I live, I live, I live in light. I am light's fullest dimension. I am light's purest intention. I am light, light, light. Flooding the world everywhere I move. Blessing, strengthening, and conveying the purpose of the kingdom of heaven. Beloved sons and daughters of God, I invite you to join me in the meditation with Kuthumi, our own dear Saint Francis, our brother and devotee of Christ. We are one in the flame of God, and this flame is our joint airship with the great way-shower of our destiny. Jesus came to show us that as he expanded the light of the aura for the healing and the transformation of consciousness, we not only can, but must go and do likewise. I invite you to share in the understanding of yourself, of a son and a daughter of God, which John the Beloved, the disciple of Jesus, so close to our Master, has taught us. Being sons and daughters of God with Jesus, we then can call forth this light, and according to our faith, in the God who lives within us, we can move the mountains of adversity in our life. This simple mantra will be the alchemy for change, such as you never believed or dreamed could have happened in your world. It is because the mantra is the word of God, and as you meditate upon the mantra and realize that God himself is the mantra, singing in your soul, coming forth with the authority of the Christ and the power of the everlasting word. This God within then who is the mantra, who is the speaking of the mantra, is also the fulfillment of that word. For he has said, My word shall not return unto me void. And therefore you feel God giving this mantra through you. And it is like he has dropped a portion of himself as a pebble in the pond of your being, and the ripples in concentric rings go forth from you, and when they reach the shore, they return to the center, and returning to the center is like the hearing of the echo of God, as his voice has gone forth from you, so it will return with that manifestation of fulfillment and that supreme joy of living on earth here and now in that great flame of the I am that I am, which you are. I think sometimes people feel that a mystical understanding of Jesus Christ and of Gautama Buddha is beyond their ability. Perhaps they feel that they are not educated enough to understand. If you think that you are one of these, or perhaps you feel you do not have even the basic intelligence to understand God's laws, perish the thought, because God lives in you, and his mind is in you, and it will open in answer to your prayer, and by the action of your flowing with the great river of life, flowing with the stream of his consciousness by the giving of the word. You will find that studies of the human aura by Kuthumi are simply written, 
and perhaps the only stumbling block may be a word here or there, which you can easily find in a dictionary and then proceed. Kuthumi was incarnated as St. Francis. He appeals to the simple folk, to the common people, to those of us who understand God innately, who do not have to be confused by complex theological doctrine and dogma, but simply by the basic awareness that God loves us, we are his children, and that he has placed within our soul the understanding of how we must return to him. Can you imagine that God would create us without that innate formula of understanding, of knowing the path back home? It's the Ascended Master's teachings that show us how to read what is already within, the law that is written in our heart. I do not suppose that I can teach you anything, but that I can only remind you of the great storehouse of truth that God has already placed within you. Come then, let us pray together. I call in the name of Jesus Christ, in the name of Kuthumi and all the saints of the heavenly hosts, to now go to each soul and to touch the heart of each listener who would be closer to God and closer to the reality of his own individualized I am presence. I call for the great light of understanding of the cosmic Christ, Lord Maitreya, of Jesus Christ and Kuthumi, the world teachers, of Gautama Buddha and all who are serving with the evolutions of earth for the advancement of consciousness. So, our beloved Heavenly Father, we know that whatsoever we ask in Jesus' name and according to thy will, it shall be fulfilled in this hour. Therefore, touch these hearts and let them know thy indwelling presence, and let that presence be for the healing of soul, mind, and body, and for the healing of the nations. In his name we accept the answer to our call this hour. Amen. A lot of our brothers and sisters don't feel this oneness that you talk about so often. Could you tell us more about it? It hurts me that those who are the body of God upon earth do not know one another, that we have been separated by those who have sought to come between our great love for one another and for God. Sons and daughters of God, his children, people of light everywhere, are one, one by love, but also one by the mathematical formula. Things equal to the same thing are equal to each other. Every son and daughter of God upon earth has within his aura a certain charge of that Christ consciousness, of that oneness with Jesus and Gautama. Every son and daughter of God knows within inside of himself that he is the beloved of God. And yet from every side he is told the contrary. He is a miserable sinner. He is not able to raise himself up and approach the altar of the living God because he is a thing of shame. And then there is the problem of being alone, the lonely ones. It is my desire to provide the open door for that great friendship of all who understand the oneness of life, the heavenly hosts, and of all who have espoused the same cause, who understand that we were born and we came to earth to set the children of God free, to set the captives free, to draw all of our brothers and sisters out of the false theology, the false doctrine and dogma of the false Christs and false prophets who have come 
to divide us with their schemes of darkness and divide and conquer tactics. We find then that with the penetration of the great teachings of the Lord's hosts within our midst, it is as the morning mist disappears with the coming of the sun, and we feel this friendship, this liaison with ascended masters, heavenly hosts, saints who have gone on, loved ones, and we know that in every community, in every town and city upon earth, there are those who have this same calling to intensify the light of the aura, to expand the aura, to be step-down transformers for the consciousness of Elohim, and that God has placed us in every religion, in every church, in every way, in every government, to be that focal point, to meditate upon his law night and day, night and day, and therefore to transmit that law because we are all sending stations. We all are receivers and transmitters, like radio stations, and we are sending waves from the aura daily. Above all, let us now secure that promise with each other, that we will send to each other these radio waves of love, and that we will thereby strengthen the body of God upon earth and our unity with the body of God in heaven. Being part of this mystical body of God, we can truly say, God is one, for we have become cells in that body, and we experience the oneness of the person of God, the pure Son of God, of which we are all a part. And therefore, in this mystical awareness, we can truly understand there is only one Son of God, the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth, Christ the Lord, who lives within us all. We share, then, his table, his communion cup, and this is the great teaching, the true teaching of Christ, revealed through his servants, the ascended masters, and the messengers in this age. Thank you very much. Do you like the show? Do you want to hear your question read live on the air? We'd like to enlist your help in building our future shows, and your feedback and questions are key to making sure we provide the information that will be most useful to you now and in the future. Send your questions, comments, and especially your experiences with the show to webradio at tsl.org. Up next, our weekly Q&A, and today, once again, we are joined by Dr. Narely Duffy. Please stay with us. community for positive change. Seventh Wave Network. On the spiritual quest, our upward journey hinges on four basic questions. Who am I? Why am I here? Where am I going? How do I get there? Who are you? You are a spiritual being, a child of God. And when you recognize this, your whole world changes for the better, no matter where you are or who you're with. The power of this inner knowing will compel you to come up higher. Why are you here? To master your human nature, fulfill your divine purpose, and become one with God. Where are you going? Simply put, you are returning home to the heart of God, where your soul's journey began so very long ago. How do you get there? 
Follow the Ascended Masters. These great saints and sages of East and West have walked where you walk. They are committed to helping you to find your way home, and their teachings are always practical. Our goal on The Open Door is to keep the spiritual journey as simple and uncomplicated as possible so that all who choose can walk this path with confidence and certainty. The Open Door is live every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern, and we are the Summit Lighthouse, the pathway of your ascension. For more, visit www.tsl.org. To perform at your maximum potential, you need to have all aspects of your life working properly. On Mind, Brain, and Body, Dr. Michael John Kell will bring you honest, open discussions concerning your physical, mental, and financial health. If you're ready to find purpose and meaning in your life, tune in to Mind, Brain, and Body every Friday at 8 a.m. Pacific. Mind, Brain, and Body on Voice America Health and Wellness. Radio dedicated to your health, wealth, wisdom, and purpose. Listening on a higher dimension. Seventh Wave Network. You are listening to The Open Door, hosted by Ross Brunson and Tom Schumacher. If you have a question or comment about our series, please send your emails to webradio at tsl.org. That's webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to The Open Door. We're back, and joining us today is Dr. Nerly Duffy. Hi, Nerly. Hi, guys. Hello there. How are you? Good. Doing great. Good. Well, you know, before we get into the soul and our true identity, um, we mentioned um, in the previous segment, the cue up to it, that we would be talking a little bit about the concept of original bliss. We might hear something about it, which we didn't. But no sense in wasting an opportunity here. Let's hear about it now. Um, Original bliss in lieu of original sin. Uh, an amazingly wonderful concept, oh. and something that you know would that we were taught this concept as children, or not. Um, you care to comment about that? Well, I think there's no comparison. I know which one <laughs> I would like. Yeah, me too. Original, yeah, original joy, uh-huh. and uh, I think it's one reason why people prefer spirituality over religion, because religion tends to talk about original sin and you know you really want to talk about original joy original bliss and nobody wants to be blamed or told they're a miserable sinner and in fact we're all (laughs) sons and daughters of God we're children of the light and we may have sinned but we're not sinners and it sort of makes you wonder who would promulgate the idea of original sin in the first place it's not in the Bible is it it's not really the ascended masses teach that the fallen angels are in fact the original sinners who committed the original (laughs) sin against God by challenging the divine mother and the divine man child and they've led the children of light into paths of sinfulness and hmm. and uh, originally we were created pure but we had to actually learn how to sin and now we're unlearning it. We're unlearning it. Yeah. That was funny. We were, we were uh, watching the child sleep the other day because she'd had a long day and somebody said something about, you know, fast asleep, such and such. And I said, yes, the sleep of the innocent. Mm. And we all sat there and thought about it for a second. I thought, you know, we can mm. all be a lot more innocent. Yes. Yes. This would be yes. a good thing. Yes. Well, should we make a distinction here between the concept of original sin and the fact that we do arrive in each embodiment with a karmic debt 
from some of those past sins? And that's a very important distinction. And, you know, the concept of original sin more or less says, you know, you can never be cleared of this stain, but past karma can be transmuted. It doesn't stay with us forever unless we choose to Mm -hmm. ignore it and it keeps piling up. But um, you can transmute your karmic debt. Mm -hmm. And we we get a portion of that every day. Absolutely. Which is why the violet flame is such a nice thing to have. (laughs) Every day there's a little package on your doorstep. (laughs) Well, you know, i got to say from from a perspective of a guy, which is the only one I have right now. Um, (laughs) This this lifetime. I say that it's very important not to actually uh, tell uh, somebody who has a simple one or zero uh, Mm. relationship with with Mm -hmm. the truth that you're originally damned and it doesn't matter what you do because because then there's not much of a goad to do the right thing. Not really very inviting, yeah. is it? Yeah, you're in trouble <laughs> if you the take out the step. trash or you're in trouble if you don't. Yeah, this is a puzzle. no-win situation. That's right. So no you've got to step up higher and think about it on a different yeah. plane. Yeah. And I don't think God's like that. No. I think God's very hopeful and joyous and blissful. You know, well, as we've said many times before in this program, the accountability for our karma is ours to manage. And doesn't our karma play a key role in determining where our souls choose to re-embody? Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. It determines a lot of things about our present life. In fact, if you want to know, you know, why am I born here? Mm-hmm. Uh, why did I choose these parents? What particular <laughs> group of people do I have to work with and why? It all comes back to our group and individual karma that we have to work out. And it's kind of like the X factor in our lives. So from day one, mm-hmm. from little baby, mm-hmm. we're balancing karma whether we realize it or not. Oh boy. Well, isn't, isn't the, the old truism that says you can choose your friends but you can't choose your family? <laughs> boy, is that wrong? Yes. <laughs> Apparently we did choose yeah, our family. We did. Chosen for us. Yes. We did choose, uh, but they are kind of a little bit chosen for us. Yeah. You know, we're told, okay, if you really want to accelerate, choose these guys <laughs> because it's going to be a pretty interesting ride and uh, you'll learn a lot and you'll bounce your karma yep. quickly. Hmm. Yeah. Well, is it safe to say that where we find ourselves and where we live and, uh, and what, who we are in a relationship with, what we do for a living, mm-hmm. our job, are these all some kind of a clue to what <laughs> we may need for healing and wholeness, or is it just random? Oh, I don't think it's random. I think we each have a divine plan, a grand destiny. It's dictated in part by our karma, but also it's unfinished business in past lives. Uh, just imagine, you know, a few centuries ago, you died early, the victim of a plague, and you didn't get to finish that beautiful piece of music or mm-hmm. that wonderful mm-hmm. novel about life and overcoming. And so we do come back and take up where we left off. And the choices we make now and the things and the places and the people that we are drawn to are mm-hmm. all part of that package. So I, I don't think there's accidents. I think things happen for a reason. At least mm-hmm. my grandmother used to tell me, and I really believe her. <laughs> well, you know, speaking of, you know, in terms of reason for being, you know, our soul literally carries the essence of our spiritual mm-hmm. DNA, right? Mm-hmm. And in a, a very real sense, and perhaps the most real sense, this is the original blueprint that defines and unfolds our reason for being, isn't it? Well, the Asinomasses have a fascinating viewpoint on DNA. Mm-hmm. Everything that we are, everything that we've ever been is actually recorded in our DNA. So our genetic material doesn't just contain our human hereditary traits. Our genes are also meant to be chalices of light. So our DNA is our Christ consciousness encoded microscopically to be outpictured macroscopically. So Mm -hmm. not only, Ross, do you pass on your genetic material to your daughter, but you also pass on the consciousness of the Christ that you've internalized. So it's literally a blueprint of 
your divine plan, a divine mm-hmm. blueprint for our life. So she gets my looks and my inspiration. Oh, <laughs> and your intelligence. Poor and, thing. Uh, and, and, and your your devotion to the light. Yeah. She'll be good at computers, I'll tell you that. She will be. Or maybe not. That's true. <laughs> yeah. So let's shift gears for just a mm-hmm. moment here and explore the story of our souls within the context of growing into the Christ or the Buddha self that we really are. Is this the key to understanding our true identity? Oh, I think it's a very big key. And in uh, fact, we have our chart of the divine self. It really, it's all in that little chart. Um, who you are, you're a, tri- a trinity within. You have a higher self, the I am presence. You have a holy Christ self or a mediator or, or your chief guardian angel, if you will. And you are the lower self also. So the higher self is your Christ self or your Buddha self. And it's all intended for you to be able to really become that Christ and walk the earth as a Christed one, as Jesus did, or as a Buddha, if you prefer, as mm-hmm. Gautama did. Mm-hmm. Well, in terms of the, the lower, middle, and higher self, are we talking about an amalgamation of the inner self? In one sense, it is, um, yeah. because all, all roads lead mm-hmm. to Rome, or all roads lead to the higher self. It's like we're all heading up the mountain, and all the world's major religions head towards that summit, and different ones go up in different paths and different directions, and it's just a matter of which one you want to choose. And it's no point arguing which one's best, <laughs> yeah, because it just depends what approach you take up the mountain. And the good mm-hmm. thing about the Ascended Masters is wherever you begin, they offer the fastest way to the summit. Uh, well, I'm wondering about the, you know, the, the terms that are used. Mm. A lot of times people will um, quite adamantly defend their particular definition of mm-hmm. what that inner self or that higher mm-hmm. self is, you know, whether it's a, a Christ or, mm-hmm. or a Buddha. Mm-hmm. And we shouldn't make that mistake, I'm hearing, yeah. I mean, because it really it doesn't matter what arose by any other name. Yes, you know? I, don't, I don't think the names, in fact, you know, the terminology, I mean, whole religious sects have formed because, you know, somebody named something yeah. a certain way and this is the way it has to be. Most people don't really know that the goal of life is to become one with God, to reunite with God, and it really doesn't matter what you call yeah. that God. Yeah. It, it's the same. Well, yeah, that's the point we try to make. Every show. Yeah, I think yeah. I think God's really good at target marketing. That's, that's <laughs> why so. the West got Jesus and the East yeah. got Buddha. And, you know, <laughs> yeah. it just, it's like you'll yeah. bond better yeah. with this one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so now, if we all have the potential to become Christ or Buddha, isn't it really about becoming God or becoming one with God? I mean, we just drop the rest of it yeah. and just form the relationship with the Master that gets us where we want to go. Yeah, exactly. It, it's mm-hmm. all about becoming, you know, one with God and and with your envisioning of how God is for you. I just came back from Mexico City and it's really interesting because there uh, Mary appeared to Juan Diego mm-hmm. hundreds of years ago and she appeared in a form that he could accept and understand and it's mm-hmm. become it's become True. universal. So I think yep. I think the masters understand that and they reach us where we are. And we could learn a lot from that, couldn't we? <laughs> you think? <I'll> mm-hmm. <laughs> well, you know, one of the other things that um, comes up often is the fact that there's really no gender-specific yes. reference to God. You know, yes. th- that he, the Divine Mother, whatever. He, she. But we do refer yeah. to the soul as feminine. Uh, uh-huh. can, uh, can you expand on that? It is a spiritual equation, and it has to do with... Um, the I am presence or the higher self is absolute spirit, and it's masculine or alpha or a positive form of energy in that sense. And and in relation to that, the soul is considered feminine or uh, negative, somewhat passive. The omega? Yeah, the omega mm-hmm. return. So it's really just in relationship to the absolute of spirit. It's not a, a derogatory term in any way. Hmm. 
Well, one thing in trying to explain the concept of the higher, middle, mm. and lower self, a friend who's an actor, right? I told him, I said, "Hey, the Christ self is, is like your agent." Mm. And he <laughs> thought about it for a minute, and I realized I'd used the wrong analogy. And he yeah. said, "I thought you said this person was on your side." <laughs> 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 on your side, yes. So another question we hear in regarding you know the soul and the immortality is people are automatically refer to the immortal mm. soul. Are they, are they being yeah. kind of redundant? Yeah. Uh, is it automatically? No, it's immortal? actually not quite correct mm. because the soul has to reunite with the higher self, the Holy Christ self, in order to become immortal. Mm. It's actually possible for the soul to be lost. So that's <sighs> why it's important to become God, and that's the name of her Elizabeth Clare Prophet's latest book. You know, becoming yeah. God. So in with in that idea of the possibility of losing our soul, can it be regained? The soul can be regained, and um, it does take work to do that. But just as the soul can be lost, it can be regained. Oh, okay. And it's not a one-by-one. One, it's not an all-or-nothing thing. It's it's bit by bit. You didn't lose your soul all in one all go, mm-hmm. and you don't get your soul back all in one go. You have to keep making right choices. So, hmm. so an interesting side note to that is how does somebody who doesn't have a soul stay alive? Ah, because of the <laughs> past momentums um, and the light and energy that they've garnered over many, many different lifetimes. Or so continue you, to get from people. Yeah, yeah. yeah you do. Yeah. I mean, you know, people can really, they're very expert at absorbing energy. You know, mm-hmm. all that applause at the concert, mm-hmm. you know, where does mm-hmm. that energy go? It mm-hmm. goes into the soul of the person or wow. the not soul of the person. That's why one of our bestsellers is called The Soulless One. The Soulless One, indeed. Yeah. yeah. Great one. Yeah. Well, you know, we, we've talked about the power that each of us has to to create. A lot. And, and in yeah. terms of what you just said, and in terms of kind of how we orient ourselves to our lives, we are constantly creating mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. our experience, aren't we? And that we're constantly kind of polishing our soul if we're looking at it from that perspective. Yeah, we're, we're always creating all the time for good or ill. You know, that's why it's really important to make right cho- choices. So whether you're working on a book or a project or a child or a business or whatever you're doing, even your thoughts and your feelings are yeah. creations. So let's make sure our Creations are uplifting, creating good karma, and mm. helping us on that return path to mm. God. <laughs> good advice. advice. That's right. Well, we've zipped right through another segment. No. You knew we would. Oh. We've got to take a short break, so stay with us. We'll be right back with more on this fascinating topic of the soul, Dr. Nerali Duffy. The new home for visionary positive change. Seventh Wave Network. On the spiritual quest, our upward journey hinges on four basic questions. Who am I? Why am I here? Where am I going? How do I get there? Who are you? You are a spiritual being, a child of God. And when you recognize this, your whole world changes for the better, no matter where you are or who you're with. The power of this inner knowing will compel you to come up higher. Why are you here? To master your human nature, fulfill your divine purpose, and become one with God. Where are you going? Simply put, you are returning home to the heart of God, where your soul's journey began so very long ago. How do you get there? Follow the Ascended Masters. These great saints and sages of East and West have walked where you walk. They are committed to helping you to find your way home. And their teachings are always practical. Our goal on The Open Door is to keep the spiritual journey as simple and uncomplicated as possible so that all who choose can walk this path with confidence and certainty. The Open Door is live every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern. And we 
are the Summit Lighthouse, the pathway of your ascension. For more, visit www.tsl.org. Now there's a new destination for video content, VoiceAmerica.tv, just like our radio channels and so much more. Voice America Variety, Health and Wellness, Business, Sports, Green Talk, Power Up Motorsports, and 7th Wave Network now have their own video channel components. Plus, check out exclusive programming, including movies, music, educational courses, science and history, current events, and short features. High-definition, premier-quality programs available 24-7, VoiceAmerica.tv. If you think you've seen online TV like this before, let us support. You. Taking you to the threshold of a dream and beyond. Seventh Wave Network. You are listening to The Open Door, hosted by Ross Brunson and Tom Schumacher. If you have a question or comment about our series, please send your emails to webradio at tsl.org. That's webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to The Open Door. Well, we are back once again for more discussion with Dr. Nerly Duffy on the subject of the soul. Now, you mentioned uh, last segment something about, you know, some souls having their journey cut short by plague or, mm. you know, some of the things that could occur. Uh, and so, obviously, in the course of each of our embodiments, our souls can sometimes have a rough go of it and require rest. Mm-hmm. So, where do our souls go when they need a little time out? Well, there is R&R. In between the embodiments, we go to the heaven world, oh. the retreats of the Ascended Masters. And that's where we learn our lessons, if there are mm-hmm. lessons to be learned. We mm-hmm. prepare for our next embodiment. We learn from our angel teachers. We sort of bathe in the light of our higher self, and we practice our lessons, and we rehearse for when we are going back. In. So, also, each night we go to the retreats for a little mini break. Uh-huh. <laughs> we talked about that recently. Quick circle yeah. around yeah, the sun. Quick circle yes. around the sun. Yeah. And yeah. yeah, it's good. Well, we've also talked about that still, quiet voice within. Mm. You know, the one that a lot of people manage to ignore. Yeah, right. yeah. It was speaking to us. Yes. That's because it's not loud. <laughs> That's right. Yes, it has to go bang, right? Yeah, so, so who is it that's speaking to us? Our, our Buddha or Christ self, both one, the same? I well, mean, it's the same thing. It's your Christ self, your Buddha self, your higher self, but there is also a component, component of it that people sometimes recognize, which is literally the voice of the soul. Mm-hmm. And psychologists have called it the inner child. And many times your inner child comes through with a certain innocence and purity and quietness, and it just lets you know what's actually happening. And mm-hmm. you can find that. You can be talking to somebody, and, and, and your inner, your little inner voice says, mm, don't believe me. Yep, yep. <laughs> Wrong way, Nisbet. Oh. <laughs> There's the truth gauge. The you know, truth gauge. <laughs> that's right. Well, you know, a moment ago, you mentioned our soul's ability mm. to leave our bodies while we sleep and attend the universities of the spirit in the etheric retreats. What happens when we're awakened suddenly? Mm. I've always wondered about this. You know, does this have any negative effect on the soul? Yes, our alarm clock's inherently evil. That's oh. <laughs> right. oh, have you ever noticed, though, that you can wake up right before your alarm clock? It's almost like your body is... Uh, self-defense. I don't, I don't use one. Yeah. 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 yeah, some people don't need to use one at yeah. all. Well, sometimes we are awakened when it is no longer safe for us to sleep. And we have to be literally in our body to protect our body. So there is a self-protecting mechanism. So I always assume if I've woken up, there's a reason. And I need to pray. 
or I need to do a little spiritual work. But I don't think it actually, it, it's pretty shocking. You know, you, mm-hmm. you, it causes you to start and your heart beats faster, but I'm not sure it's actually harmful to wake up. In some cases, it may be a bit more harmful to be asleep in yeah. that moment if, it's, if something's happening energetically and it's just not safe. Well, yeah, I, I think that the term we've heard before is this is a journey without distance. Mm. You know, that you are... There is no time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, no time, no space. Yeah. So you can be there, you can be here yeah. in, in, a, in a... Yes, instant, in a, a nanosecond. Yes, so. yes. But that's right. a good question, yeah. and I don't know a definitive answer. That's, that's my right. best shot. God, that's pretty good. <laughs> I, want, I want to know about when you hear that very still, small voice right next to your ear that says, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a very disturbing yeah. one sometimes. <laughs> the, the still, small voice without, yeah, or the right, inner, yes. inner ear. Yes. Well, you know, our souls are especially sensitive mm. to negative influences. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. rock music, really, really loud noises, mm-hmm. anger, mm-hmm. anything is discordant to us. What can we do to protect our souls when we're out in the world or at home sometimes? <laughs> yeah. You know, and exposed to this sensory and emotional overload. And I, I, I've termed it this way is that everything's too loud. In other words, it might be energy, it might be sound, but it's mm-hmm. just as if you feel like you're being battered. Mm-hmm. And you are. Mm-hmm. And what I like to do is walk around in a bubble of light. Mm-hmm. And you can have your own version of that, um, spiritual keys, prayer, meditation. The tube of light is really like your bulletproof bubble. Yeah, great. And Archangel Michael and his protection. And also just being balanced. Sometimes you need to get out of it. Yeah. No, you just kidding. need to go away. Mm-hmm. Change your location. Change your location. <laughs> yeah, well, it's a signal-to-noise ratio, you know, mm-hmm. your, your loudness issue. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, um, switching gears here a bit, what is the causal body, and what is the nature of the relationship between our souls mm-hmm. to our causal bodies? Mm-hmm. Well, the causal body is the upper figure in the chart, the rings of light around the I am presence, mm-hmm. the upper figure. And this is your treasures in heaven, which are stored there, all the good you've ever done. It's, it's, it's like your cosmic bank account. Mm-hmm. And your soul actually descends from your causal body in between embodiments. So your soul actually resides most of the time in the seat of the soul chakra, halfway between the navel and the base of the spine and the two you know are connected is that where our our cosmic atm yeah. is located yeah that's yes. right that's your bank account <laughs> yeah <laughs> make a withdrawal but don't overdraw that's right don't overdraw. overdraft protection not <laughs> yes, yes. saving is better than spending <laughs> in this regard that's why they only give you so much per day there is a limit there is a limit otherwise you know what would happen we'd blow it all we'd 300 oh, yeah, we units a day yes mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> so so what's the connection between mm. the soul and the human ego now i say that because a lot of people say you shouldn't have an ego yeah i think the ascended masters have said that we we need to have a certain amount of ego yeah, yeah. help us understand that okay that's a really important one um the soul as we said resides in that second energy center mm-hmm. and here's where we experience freedom and the ancients saw this seat of the soul as the real point of power in terms of ego you can have the divine ego mm-hmm. or the human ego and that's where it gets a little bit confusing so our soul is wise and can give us in a direction and we all have soul powers and sometimes your soul will give you a warning. But more often than not, um, if your soul is attached to the human ego, the unreal self, then you get very mixed and unclear readings. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of our initiations or testing with the seat of the soul chakra is to try to find your 
soul's true voice and her creative impulses. So you also deal at this level with archetypes and patterns and personalities. So bottom line is you want to be tied. Your soul wants to be tied to the higher self and not the human ego. It can certainly be tied to the divine ego. Well, in terms of the human ego as a representation of our awareness and the human plane, Mm -hmm. They kind of coexist for a while as we are in the process of becoming God. Mm -hmm. We are still maintaining our human Mm -hmm. awareness. One of the things that I remember thinking when I was getting into this more deeply was, do I lose my sense of myself moving from the human ego to the Isn't that the greatest fear? You think, if I give myself to God, I'm going to lose myself. Actually, you don't. You just get more of your divine ego. You lose the human stuff Mm -hmm. that doesn't matter so much, but it doesn't mean you're not a personality in God. You're still very Mm -hmm. much a personality. You'll still be Ross. You'll still be Tom. Well, but maybe one of the things you're saying here is that, that, yeah, or you will be. (laughs) (laughs) I'll still be me. Well, that part of our consciousness in this moment yes. is our God consciousness. Yes. Yes. So it isn't exclusively one or yeah. the other. It's yeah. it's the transition from one to the other. So if we were to put this in terms that non-engineering folks can understand, this, <laughs> this might be something, uh, in other words, that who we are is is a, like a light, mm-hmm. and it's what filter is over that or what, yes. what, what we project through. If we have a lot of uh, ill will and bad ego around us, then our what people perceive of us might be filtered through that. Yeah, okay. and people can usually sense that, can't they? Yeah. They can sense if you're genuine. If you're true, if you're sincere, and they can sense if there's an overlay, and 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 you, have you ever mm-hmm. talked to somebody you just don't really feel you ever connected with? Them? Oh, totally, totally. I find that if my my dog barks madly at them, it's usually not good. To <laughs> <laughs> yeah, our kids and our dogs know yes, it's true. And dogs Children know. and animals yeah. know quite a bit. Yeah. Yes, yeah. yes. Well, you know, um, when the lights go out, <laughs> you know, when yeah. our body dies, mm-hmm. does the soul immediately uh, depart to the etheric octave or does it hang around? You know? Well, hopefully it will, but often, more often than not, it doesn't because um, people don't always even know that they should navigate to the higher realms. They're not aware that they've They're made the transition. They're not aware that they've even made the transition. Wow, and that's right. why we have those prayers for the dead to help them where they get to, you know, to get mm-hmm. to where they need to go. So, unfortunately, the soul can hang around where it's not wanted, and that's not good for the soul, wow. and it's not good for us, because if you're around some spirit like that, you mm-hmm. know, there's, there's a draining of the life force that's really not healthy. Mm-hmm. No. Well, and also that situation where, and I've had to counsel family members who don't really understand that process. Yes. You need to let the person go. Really let them go. Absolutely. And there's a big difference between, you know, somebody coming to say goodbye and saying, I'm I'm, I'm fine and I'm on my way to the heaven world and somebody just hanging around because they can't get there. So our job is to help them get there to those higher realms. Boys them up. Uh, well, you know, it's going to sound like a broken record here, but we've done it again. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've ran out of time before we ran out of questions. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to thank Dr. Nairly Duffy for joining us again today. That's always a great pleasure. Well, mm-hmm. you're you're great. I just I love this conversation. Yeah, it goes on. Just, you just, never yeah. know mm-hmm. where it's going to go. The hour goes. <laughs> snap. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'd like to invite all of you listening to join us again next week, you know, for more spiritual topics that are brought to you by the Summit Lighthouse. Mm-hmm. In particular, uh, we are, you know, kind of contemplating really going back to the basic formation of the of the, the show mm-hmm. in terms of those questions that a lot of you have told us that you're really interested in knowing more about. The who am I? Why am I here? Where am I going? And how do I get there? So I wanted to uh, say we're going to go there. And, sit and make sure that you send your email questions to webradio at tsl.org. Yep. We'll be happy to read those on the air. Yep. Until then, remember, 
Though the upward path may be difficult, the rewards are out of this world. Thanks, everyone. Thank you again for joining us this week for The Open Door. This program is broadcast live every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on 7th Wave Network. For more information about The Open Door and the Summit Lighthouse, please visit our website at www.tsl.org. We'll see you again next week.